Welcome to Brand and New, brought to you by the International Trademark Association. INTA is a global association representing more than 30,000 brand owners and professionals dedicated to supporting trademarks and related intellectual property to foster consumer trust, economic growth, and innovation. In this podcast series, every two weeks, host Audrey Dove shares with you a new topic related to innovation and its impact for the legal world, with a special focus on intellectual property. I ask questions to experts, visionaries, influential people from all over the world in order for all of us to learn more about the evolution of the legal and IP ecosystem, its concepts, and all actual or potential consequences, and connect with others around them. If you're ready to expand your knowledge about the transformation of this industry and stay curious, let's go. Today, my guest is Stéphane Lemarchand. Stéphane is a French award-winning IP and IT lawyer who co-leads a global team of more than 550 experts at the law firm DLA Piper. This firm has a global reach of more than 40 countries with a global revenue of $2.6 billion last year. And Stéphane's unique mix between IP and IT, his deep knowledge of tech and a wide coverage of his activities make him the ideal guest to talk about few essential tech concepts every IP lawyer should know and the transformation of legal practice connected to tech innovation. Stéphane, we hear almost every day about big data, AI, Internet of Things, blockchain, chatbots, but those words are often used as buzzwords. Could you tell us more about this tech evolution and its ecosystem? So you're absolutely right, um, Audrey, that um, these words often are used as birth words. But the, the key question is really why this is happening now and why we are at this moment um, sharing so many new technologies. From what I, I understand, it's it's a combination of, uh, of different uh, situations. The first one is probably we've seen network becoming faster and faster uh, over the last probably 20 years. And it's not the end. It's actually the beginning of something even stronger with the 5G coming in. Um, together and combined with a storage capability of data, which became more recently unlimited. And obviously unlimited and without almost any cost for this storage to be accessed uh, for users. And the third combined element probably is the uh, calculation power of hardware, which is booming. And again, this is not the end of the process. It's actually a start where we're going to see probably by 2020, if I'm not wrong, some systems capable to get actually the human capability and in 2040 for systems to actually have the whole humanity capability of calculation. So if we put together performance, incredibly fast networks, cloud storage, computing power, Stéphane, what do you see coming from this? This is an acceleration movement of combined of technology that combined together give rise to opportunity for innovative people mm -hmm. to build new products and new opportunities, such as what you just mentioned, the chatbots, the AI, the IoT, and the blockchain, 
which are uh, obviously emerging. So yes, AI and blockchain are very much the two new examples, two very good examples of very emerging and new technology. And why that, by the way? The first, uh, if I'm just looking at AI, mm-hmm. um, AI is, is, is not new for IT people, right? And we always had by the past some uh, algorithms capable to predict a result on the basis of uh, data that coming in as an input through an algorithm. That's what we called expert systems in the past. Yes, you're right. That was very well studied uh, across the world by big uh, research centers. What is new today is that engineers have been capable to build algorithms which are no longer use the data in order to predict the results, but try to find a system which is a kind of a cognitive environment where the ambition is actually to put the data as an input into a system and leave that system alone. And that system is uh, giving a result which is not predicted. And that's what is new with artificial intelligence. We move from an IT which was pretty much a predictive IT to a probabilistic IT. And that's why we have these robots and chatbots as a, as a good examples. That makes me wonder what's the place of lawyers and particularly IP lawyers in such environment. To go even further, is it key to develop more technical skills and what's your take on this? Well, that's a good question and probably... Um, comes to the question of what's the lawyer of the future, right? And, and, and in this digital environment, I think there's many ways to answer that question. One way is uh, to say that, of course, IPIT lawyers becoming more and more relevant to the business, which is good news. We, we all as lawyers come from a world where 20 years ago or 25 years ago, even when I started as a lawyer, I was seen as a kind of uh, an expert in the law firm, as a support service function trying to add my expertise to one particular question and potentially be seen, by the way, as a geek into a law firm. And now we see this practice and the combination of, by the way, IP-rich businesses and IT businesses to join together and build uh, these teams in the center of of what is important for any business. And then you can see, obviously, the change and the move on the marketplace for every law firm now try to get some IT experts and IP people capable to understand that. We need to capture, we need to embrace this new technology in order to understand and in order to be the capability to obviously deliver the right services and the legal services. And even more than that, um, I think we we know that because of uh, access to data and, and technology tools, and we see that everyone and obviously businesses and clients and consumers and every citizen has access to the legal rule, to the law, to regulations, to understand and even have a a very good uh, online free tools to uh, understand and compare legal regimes across the world. So we need to move to a position where the knowledge is less and less important against other sorts of skills in order to continue to, to generate and to bring added value in your, in your relationship as, as a lawyer with a client. So what does that mean regarding the skills set the IP lawyers should develop? Technical one, in order to understand the businesses and not just the businesses of your IT client, but the businesses of any of your client, because any client becomes digital and any clients put the IT at the very core and the IP reach at the very core of its business. But uh, consulting as a skill set, strategic thinking, project management stuff, 
that's what we expect. And obviously to do that, you need also to be capable to better use the technology. So no doubt, uh, you you have to become more relevant and easy to use the technologies in what you do as a lawyer. Embracing this evolution is not just an option and should rather be sooner than later. Well, actually, yeah, you, you have no choice. Uh, and, and, and we've done that. I think the legal industries and lawyers can sometimes be perceived as very conservative. But the reality is that we went through that. Uh, <laughs> I went through a time where, where we were drafting contracts on a computer, printing this out, and then send that to the party on a fax, right? And receiving the, the two days later, a markup version was written on the contract through another fax. And we went through communication, and we went through so emails, and we went through some, uh, obviously, cloud computing-based client data. And, we've, and, and so we, we are capable to adapt. But now it's, it's something which is very different, not just to see the technology as a tool to use and to be better and more efficient, but to see technology as a way to deliver your service mm -hmm. in terms of a legal delivery system. This expansion of legal services technologies has an increasing impact on the business models of law firms and their profitability. Stéphane, you've been working in IP and IT as a lawyer for the last 25 years. How do you see in the field such acceleration? Yeah, well, of course, we've seen that uh, and, and it's becoming even more and more uh, obvious when you see every law firm, every uh, legal department to try to invest money in order to uh, partnering with legal tech, in order to access to new sort of tools, um, in order to be in a position to uh, stop doing things that do not generate value anymore and that for which the clients is not ready to pay anymore. Can you share an example? Uh, adoption of uh, a software-based solution in order to do the work that uh, usually some lawyers were doing. good example is Kira. In, in the firm, we have adopted this software, the purpose of which is to scan and analyze contract databases in order to deliver some reports in terms of due diligence so you, you can parameterize your tool and then you get a report. Five years ago, an army of junior lawyers were to do in data rooms And that was an obligation to do that in, in, in any kind of transactions. Mm -hmm. We have no other option. Today, mm -hmm. you have different options. And this is what we do by adopting this sort of product. So this is accelerating. For lawyers, the shift in tech we've been talking about brings more accuracy and efficiency. Do you see even more added value? Technology adoption is can be seen in two ways. One is technology adoption in order to be more efficient as a lawyer in-house or in law firm. Kira is a good example. I can be more efficient if I'm using this software rather than uh, using an army of juniors doing this due diligence. Why? Because the client is not ready to pay any more of these mm -hmm. and I'm not bring to bringing value. And by the way, it's safer than my numbers of juniors because you can be sure that the change of control clause will not be missed by the tool but can still be missed by a human in terms of scanning a contract. So the other way to see the technology adoption, and, and let's be honest and realistic, this is where people are going more and more and reflecting on, is actually changing the business model of law firms and changing the role of legal departments and companies by becoming innovative in your way you do deliver your legal services and where you are positioning yourself in terms of added value to your customers by using technology. Mm -hmm. That's the digital disruption uh, of, uh, of the business that is coming. Yeah.
architects are notorious for challenging the law and making it outdated in a second. Are there major legal and regulatory gaps to fill in to frame these tech concepts, or can we just use or adapt the existing arsenal? Um, I would say, in one way, um, the existing landscape still, obviously, and hopefully, uh, in a situation to address a big numbers of these new questions around, let's, let's take example, the database rights. Uh, and we are talking about a world which is moving from technology assets and their implications to a data world where the data is going to drive the business and is going to really drive the business. It's already the case today. So the question of the database is becoming more and more important in terms of uh, monetization of uh, data and companies' data. And therefore, obviously, that comes to what do we have in order to protect this investment? What do we have to ensure we have a value and put on our books a value against the database we do have? So there are some reflection and thinking about database rights, which is an existing legal regime, as you know, in Europe. But having said that, there is a limitation in that. And the limitation is that the data itself is not protected. It's a topic that's definitely at the center of discussion today, even beyond the legal world. You know, as an IP lawyer, that there's a big numbers at the moment of uh, thinking, studies, discussions at any in any forum about what is the future in terms of uh, IP to the raw data. How can we ensure that we will give some legal status, or do we need, or do we just decide not to, um, to give a legal status to a, a proper technical data? I'm not talking about personal data, of course, here, but any kind of data who has a value in a, in a big data lake of a company because this is what the companies are investing for at the moment. That's a good example of, yes, legal regime existing can give an answer, but probably not enough in order to address the future of where this world is, uh, is going. So what are your predictions? <laughs> I can predict probably more... I think we've seen that by the past when, when the inter internet came in, when, when the web 2.0 came in, obviously the legislator at European level provided a big numbers of regulations around uh, uh, reliabilities and around uh, contractual impact and around uh, IP impact. And we will in the future see that again uh, without no doubt. So I'm absolutely certain we will see a big numbers of new regulations that will definitely boom in order to address these topics that we believe are understood today, but I can predict there will be some new ones that are still to come. Mm -hmm. For IP lawyers and even beyond regulation changes, the management of IP assets is reshaping. Well, again, uh, technology is giving us an opportunity to access to tools that keep making us more relevant and more efficient in the way we manage portfolio and all of that stuff. So that's a must and that is happening. And uh, Legal Tech is very much looking at that in order to automatize, obviously, uh, the life of a brand. And you, you will see, uh, thanks to the blockchain and the smart contract, some auto automized renewal or whatever kind of uh, a relationship with uh, trademark offices across the world. I'm absolutely certain this is going to come. We are going to use tools in order to, to do that. So that's, again, one way to becoming more efficient by using the technology. But if you take a step back and to say, what's the impact on these practices of technology? The trademark is probably not true, but something I'm looking at at the moment is the life cycle of innovation. 
is becoming shorter and shorter mm-hmm. and uh, innovation becomes obsolete very quickly now. And that's obviously this life cycle becomes less and less relevant when you look at how we do protect the assets in this world, mainly through, uh, uh, through patents, where the life cycle is obviously very long and at, not at all uh, aligned with this um, speed mm-hmm. of innovation. So this is a wider discussion about in which extent we can find some legal regime that's actually more relevant with the speed of innovation and the life cycle of innovation. This is a different debate, maybe. And not the simplest one. But can I ask you, how do you stay up to date, you and your team in your firm, with technology? Well, my generation has pretty much trained around this topic through collaboration and cooperation with, uh, uh, with the clients and the matters and the topics we've, uh, we've seen. I've been lucky enough to evolve in, a, in this industry for a long time where any new question was actually new without any precedent. So in a way, this gives you a kind of appetite about the creativity of innovation around your legal answer. So one way to, uh, to do that is to just uh, keep working hard with your clients to understand what they do and learn from our clients. Sometimes lawyers are good at believing that uh, they have a knowledge and they're just paid to transfer that knowledge and to give a legal advice and all of that stuff. But the reality is that uh, it's becoming more and more in collaboration where you are just giving more than just your legal knowledge by listening to your clients of what they want to do and by coming with their new technology. But having said that, if we look at the younger generation of lawyers today and in in our IPT group globally at, at DLA Piper, we do invest at the moment a lot of time and effort and money to train our lawyers uh, on technology. We do have some coding programs. We try to give them the capability to understand the overall digital revolution and also the digital economy by masterclasses, all of that stuff, which again become a must in order to develop these skills I mentioned earlier in our discussion. Thank you, Stéphane. My guest today was Stéphane Lemarchand, the joint global head of the intellectual property and technology practice and head of the practice across Europe, Middle East and Africa for the law firm DLA Piper. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in every two weeks on Tuesday for future episodes of Brand and New, a podcast from the International Trademark Association. If you liked this episode and think someone else would too, please share it. And to learn more about INTA, please visit INTA.org.